Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. I think what's really underrated about going to the football is when you cop the elusive standing room ticket. Mm. And you were telling me earlier that you have a standing room ticket for Anzac Day. And you almost had to preface it by saying, but that's okay. I like standing. There's something yeah. good about it. And there's this sort of dirty association that comes with standing room that you're a lesser sort of individual. It's kind of like a poor man's football experience if you are standing. And I want to come out and say it's the opposite. Yeah. I think standing room tickets are the essence of what AFL football is all about. Because if you go back to, you know, the early days, your youth, you know, wherever you watched or played football growing up, Standing room was was it, mm. and I'll take you back. I'll take you back to a, an early memory of mine. So, at my local football club, my dad was the president, and the place to be was on a mound in front of the bar, and that's where, like, if you were if you were standing <laughs> in that section, yeah, it was a mound. It wasn't a hill. <laughs> Is this it like was a, earth it was a mound. under your feet? Mm, mm. Yeah. It was like slightly raised, slightly okay. elevated. So, and the bar was fronting on to, straight onto the grass or onto the yeah, dirt. Yeah, well, the bar was directly behind it. So, it was like a two-meter, so like two or three-meter uh, um, yeah. journey. And so, you know, obviously, there was a lot of like, you know, that's where like the Bronx cheers would emanate yeah. from. And, and you know, yeah. if you were amongst the throng there, like there was no greater place to be at the football. And I just think that's the same with the MCG. I've, I've watched many, not many, I've watched a few grand finals and I've Watched a few big games, prelim, prelim finals, standing room only. Yeah, and I think that's where that's where the gems are. Like that's that's the uh, that's the true essence of watching Collingwood football is is standing room. It gives you this energy which kind of runs up through the fabric of the stadium, through the concrete concourses, from the turf, you know, into you, the soles of your shoes, and it enables you to shuffle um, and kind of. Move prowl. M- prowl around a little bit in synchronicity with the tension of the game. Yeah. And if it's a blowout, you can kind of sneak off easily and get a hot dog and just like vent some frustration, you know, with that mustard. And yeah. if it's if it's really tense and you're really locked in, you're literally like shuffling foot to foot. And you're yeah. also more connected with the people around you. Absolutely, yeah. Because there's this whole kind of political thing about like whether you're blocking people or other people are blocking you. Is mm. that midget in front of you standing on top of the Carlton draft cans? Not that you can get cans at the footy anymore. Mm-hmm. But I agree that uh, I, I tend to think that it is a superior, you know, mode yeah. of viewing rather than something inferior. Yeah, there's been there's been several moments where 
I've interacted with a with a random, so like a high five or yeah, you know, a, a fist bump or something, just with the with the uh, the brethren surrounding you. And I think you just don't get that in the in the bleachers. That's a great metric for like a, a blockbuster, an awesome game. Is if you've done a random high five <laughs> yeah. in any scenario, it's it's yeah. either like an Anzac Day like fourth quarter comeback or a yeah. prelim win. It's something big to do the random yeah. high five. Yeah, and there's real like sort of Premier League coaching vibes to it because you you assume the role of sort of like the the boundary coach where you're sort of <laughs> yeah. like moving up and down the field. Well, sort it's of very barking, magpie barking mark. instructions. Yeah, very yeah, magpie mark to kind of prowl up and down the bleachers, you know, really kind of frothing the crowd into a frenzy. Shout out to magpie mark. Now, 25th of April, 1995 is a date that will be etched um, – in the memory bank of many of our listeners at Pi Hard. It was, of course, the first ever Anzac Day clash between Collingwood and Essendon. Mm-hmm. Now, we are history buffs on Pi Hard, and I wanted to just run a couple of things past you. Okay. Um, 25th of April, 1995, the number one song on the charts was This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Okay. Uh, is that This Is How We Do It? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's okay. the one. It's a real, it's a real party starter. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Darcy Cameron is the only Collingwood player on the list who was born in 1995. Oh, interesting. He's got a bit yeah. of 1995 about him, doesn't he? <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of 95. You know, you know, you're old when you start looking at the birth dates of the current crop of players. Yeah. I think I think Nick Dacos was born in like two thousand and four. Yeah, it's when they weren't <laughs> they weren't alive for like some key grand final losses. So that was literally <laughs> yeah. like ancient history, totally it's irrelevant ancient. to them. It's complete ancient history. I, I love that you know there's there's lots of like fly bringing back the you know bring which we'll touch on later on in the pod, but bringing back the you know the history of the jumper and all of that stuff. And it's it is it's going to be hard to do that to someone who was born. You know, in the mid two thousands, it's like people, someone parading Gordon Coventry in front of us. We're like, yeah, okay, yeah, like is this guy is this guy from like Madame Tussauds or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've, look, speaking of like old, I want to play a clip, and as a player who is intrinsically linked to Collingwood and Anzac Day, and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, but I think you should just probably play the clip and then we'll dive in. Yeah, I've got pretty vivid memories of the first Anzac Day game that Collingwood and Essendon played, 1995. The one and only year I played at the club I barracked for as a kid, uh, 25th of April. My daughter was born on the 23rd, two days before, and that meant I had an all-night sit by the bed with my um, ex-wife as my daughter was born. So I didn't get any sleep two nights before the game. was pretty tired when I ran out. Still probably shouldn't have played, but... Uh, what a day it was. I got to play in 10 grand finals all up, five day with Hawthorne and uh, five nighttime grand finals, and also played in, in three losing grand finals as well. So, had some real success uh, elsewhere. But the one thing I'd say about the Anzac Day game is apart from playing in those grand finals, it's the biggest occasion. It was the closest. Any game has ever come to feeling like a grand final, grand final day. It was, um, it was an absolute privilege to play in it. I remember Mark Harvey tried to, tried to rough me up 
which is a good bloke, Harves, and good player, but I didn't think that really worried me. And the umpire gave me a free kick off the ball. And I thought, well, I've had to wait till the, the back end of my career to get a free kick. Severio was just dominant. Um, Dustin Fletcher's been one of the greatest fullbacks I think I've ever seen. But uh, Severio, Rocker got hold of him that day. And in the end, when Bucks was coming out of the centre, he just got the blinkers for Severio. Um, I just felt that there were some players out wide that he might have been able to use. But if you... If you're looking for someone to do the job that's done it nine times already, you probably go to Severio Rocker. Um, the Essendon players knew where it was going, so they got there in support of Dustin and, and ganged up on him and spoiled the ball, killed the ball, final siren went. Funny thing was that um, at that stage, I still didn't know that we'd lost. <laughs> I, I didn't look at the the... the scoreboard I just kept playing to time and thinking we're in front hang on so just that intent what a rookie error it was and only when I'm walking off the ground everybody had their heads down both teams and I look at Essendon and think well they haven't won yeah looked at us and thought hang on <laughs> quick look up at the scoreboard <laughs> it was a draw rookie error in my final year <laughs> lot to unpack there <gasps> Is, is there, has there been a better 15-game player for the club than Dermot Brereton? And just the lead-up to the game, probably not the first all-nighter, mm. you know, he had before a big game. No. His description of of Anzac Day is sort of grand final light, you know, yeah. it's like- And no one asked him, no one asked him about the five-day, five-night premierships, but he just <laughs> finds he just, a way um, of inserting that into every response he's ever done. <laughs> I love the night premierships, like it's a thing, you know? <laughs> like like the Anset Cup, you know. Yeah, I thought on, it was curious. On. He's like, Buck's got the blinkers on at the end and went to save, but I thought there was some players out wide. Is he referencing himself? Yeah, like, is of he the player he is. out wide? Yeah, of course he is. He's a great, he's a great storyteller. He's a great yarn spinner, Derm, especially um, when he's been like rolled out of bed like in the interview in the video he's got this kind of compressed bed face he looks yeah. like he looks like he's just had another child and hasn't slept last night because he's literally he's, like the video crew's rocked up on his doorstep he was definitely asleep and deeply hung over after a night of the prince mm, 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 referencing the ex-wife and yeah so that was absolutely a veiled reference to to him being wide and and um i think he did he kick three goals or something in the game i think he, he he was a big contributor well i remember you know i think his time at collingwood gets unfairly demeaned but i remember in one of the previous pie hard episodes mm. we found out that he kicked, he he played 15 games for the pies and kicked 30 goals and i think mm. that too as a second string you know, half forward flanker. I think that, or probably playing more out of the square because he couldn't run. Mm. But I think that two goals per game is a pretty good return for Derm. Mm. So underrated Derm, and I will. I did notice that um, you put up a post of Derm in his Collingwood attire um, on the Pie Hard Instagram, and some interesting comments. And the tone of some of them was that he he helped Sav along so much. I, I hadn't really thought of that, but. There's this other narrative around Derm. Of course, he was at the end of his career on his last legs, um, mm. but him being a teacher for a young Severio, mm. Mm. which I hadn't thought too much about, but maybe maybe there's something in that. Yeah, that's right. Like Lee Matthews, I think, is on record as saying that he was like, he's like, I've got this really good kid 
you know, he's got huge potential, but mm. he's getting smashed by the like the Mick Martins of the world. Like he's getting absolute, absolutely kind yeah. of torn apart, 90s football style. And so Derm was brought in as sort of like the protector, mm-hmm. you know, the um yeah, yeah, the, the the guy who was brought in to kind of like act as Severio's sort of henchman, if you will. Well, he kind of had this and barrel chest boy, with like did, stick did, legs. He, he <laughs> fucked up some <laughs> like there's there's footage of him with like Mick Martin in a in like a huge stoush and Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, there's 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 room for all types on a football list, and I think that's a genius move by a genius coach. Derm was an elite chest puffer in his later years when I think his legs started to abandon him. Yeah. He still was able to puff his chest out and, like, get involved in a little argy-bargy. And you can Skirmish. picture him defending big, hairy, friendly, too friendly, mm. Severio mm. with a little bit of his own grit. Love it. Love it. This is how we do it. I've got a big hard yes. Okay. And it's the return of the prodigal father, not the prodigal son, the prodigal father. Oh, yeah. Mick Malthouse to the club. Which we're not going to underplay this in any way, shape, or form. It is, it is. It was enormous news when we heard about this. Yeah, it's very, very important for the club at the moment to bring back a lot of our premiership heroes and 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 uh, those people that were really influential in in the club in the last kind of two two or three decades. And having or just seeing Malthouse back yeah. at Collingwood. Um, you know, it's hard to kind of sum it up in words, but it felt like healing in many ways because we know that that sort of relationship didn't end super well. No. Um, he probably wasn't given the the send-off that he deserved. It was acrimonious and, you know, history shows that that, that, that period was an interesting one for the football club, but, you know, a new broom sweeps clean. It was so heartwarming. I had an emotional reaction. It took mm. me by surprise and it... Reminded me of just how much of a paternal figure he was, not just for that young, young magpie brigade that won a supremacy, but for us as supporters, he was that kind of that father figure that you you kind of want to impress. But also, it was back in the days of corporal punishment, where you know that if you didn't <laughs> impress him, he'd give you a whack. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was just heartwarming to see him return to the club, and it begs the question in my mind: what you know, he's been invited to speak to the players before Anzac Day. Classic, classic kind of pump up scenario. Yeah, you go with the much loved box formation of the Roman Legion. Mm, yep. I mean, he lent on that hard. I feel like Sidey and Pendlebury have heard that one. Yeah, so maybe, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And likewise with the Owen Rommel frontal assault. Um, mm. It's been it's been run out by him before. Um, I was thinking maybe the mateship story, the Battle of the Milne, in the okay. Viet Cong cave of Colonial Stadium, circa April twenty ten. Mm. Um, not yep. House versus Milne, um, yep. but the one I landed upon that perhaps, perhaps uh, he could he could go to as not just a pump up, but a tale of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I can't describe it. It's just fantastic. I just love playing in front of this crowd. The Collingwood supporters are great. 
Collingwood Club. It's a fantastic club and it's good to have a win. How did you get here today? You haven't got your licence? Uh, Anthony Rocker picked me up and drove me here, so the boys just taking in turns and giving me lifts. Well done, Mark. You played a terrific game. You, you might just have a medal hanging around your neck in a moment's time. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks a lot. There you go. Yeah, never forget that one. He was 17. Did they say that in the interview? He was 17. <laughs> well, they referenced the um, the license thing. Anthony Rocco, yeah. Who, who better to get a um, lift to your second game of AFL footy with? Like, just to lighten the tone, make you feel comfortable. <laughs> we can picture Anthony just turning Muscle on gold 104. Just really, he'd just be such a great, like, big brother character, Anthony. He'd have the he'd have the muscle, you know, the, the Ford Mustang with the left-hand drive. <laughs> you know, he would, one of those guys with the sign on the back saying, caution, left-hand driver. Yeah, and he shares his little Tupperware pack of mum's gnocchi to calm the nerves of his young teammate. There's a great Mark McGough story, not about, well, the, obviously the first Anzac Day was terrific, but I love, I love a quote, and I've got it here, uh, around his around his second Anzac Day performance, I don't know if you've ever heard this one, but no. this this is a direct quote from him. It didn't. It, maybe it wasn't as memorable as his first one. Uh, quote: Paul Barnard had a shot at shot for goal from thirty meters out, and I made the assumption he would make the distance and kick it. He didn't, and it left Paul Lecuria one out with three Essendon players. <laughs> James Heard kicking the goal while I was walking back to the middle. Mick Malt, <laughs> Mick Malthouse reacted by throwing a whiteboard at me. <laughs> <laughs> that that was potentially his thirtieth and final game. I, it probably was, but Mick Mulhouse throwing a whiteboard at Mark McGough probably a year after a year after him winning is is set is great. And I, I I wonder just to pull all this thread together. I wonder if the Mulhouse um, whiteboard throwing incident made his. His speech this week to the Collingwood to the Collingwood fraternity. Well, Damo, let's have a quick listen to this little snippet which has been recently leaked on the internet. Fundamental things about Anzac Day is this, that you can walk off the ground knowing that you haven't let the day down. It's, a, it's one of the greatest moments of a coach and a player that you will ever have. I'm so envious. But the great thing about it is, and this is the greatest thing about it, you can't hide... There's absolutely no place to hide on Anzac Day. It's either victory or disgrace. You don't want to disgrace your teammate. Don't disgrace your unit. Don't disgrace yourself. That opportunity, when it comes, you jump on that horse and you fire from the hip and you just take those Turks right out. They're coming at you. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, old Mick, he's, he's never been shy in weaponising military folklore. To, to get more out of his players, but I dare say he's overstepped a bit there. Mm. Just with the literalness of the analogy, I mean, comparing footy to the battlefield is problematic. I think a lot of us agree on that. Mm. But referencing Turks literally as if they're opposition players is a bit of a stretch. Nonetheless, it, I feel like it is an old-school mick which we, which we loved, mm, mm. the hoarse voice, the theatre of it, gravelly tones, but it is interesting to hear it all through modern ears. I'm just, I'm not sure how it's going to go down, mm, mm, but it's sorry. its a part of the Mick that we knew and loved, mm. if that makes sense. Well, you know who else has missed Mick? And that is our very loyal listeners and Pie Hard fans. I'm going to read out um, some of the amazing responses we had this week when we put out a tweet, um, obviously in recognition of Mick returning to the club, we asked um, what your favourite Mick Malthouse memory was. And if you'll indulge me, 
I'm going to read out some of those responses for everyone now. Uh, Wesley B, Wesley underscore B said, not a serious question, surely. He is only one of two blokes alive to raise a cup as a coach of Collingwood. Yeah, uh, low hanging for I guess that's that's um, that's an obvious response, but a good one. This is a good one. Andy Marshall eighty six said, "I reckon that tender Mick was the best Mick for moments. Either the twenty ten grand final acceptance speech where he said they are my boys and I love them dearly, yeah, or the or the tears with Lacuria in two thousand and two. I think true. that hits. Mm. That's a very spot on. There was there was the whiteboard throwing Mick Malthouse, mm. but there was also the tender." Caring, erstwhile father figure, Mick Moldhouse. Great and quote from Ben Johnson in our interview with him on Pie Hard, where Ben Johnson was feeling down about himself and was considering a trade or, or you know, leaving Collingwood. Mm. And the uh, advice from Mick Moldhouse at the time in in his office, private with the door shut, was stop being a soft cock. Yeah. <laughs> And that was all that was needed to turn around the, 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 whole the career. career of Ben Johnson. I think I've heard that a bit with Mick, the whole gruff media personality being a front and that this whole soft gooey side in. And we saw it with that famous Lucuria moment, but it's a good mm. shout out. Didn't the, the Rat Pack uh, affectionately labelled him Master Splinter, which I think says... <laughs> that's right. I, I'm pretty sure that that's all you need to know about Mick's impact <laughs> yeah. on the players. Yeah. This, um, he could have got Shredder. Rat. Everyone else thought he was Shredder, but yeah. um, from within he was Splinter. This one's from Wallop Fam at CFC underscore 1892, friend of the pod. If you're not following Wallop Fan on Instagram, what are you doing? Get it, get around him. Fantastic content. We 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 love this guy. He's always delivering the the gold on Instagram. He said, and we love these stories where where Collingwood players and family are spotted out in the wild. Mm-hmm. Wild fam was eating the all-you-can-eat buffet breakfast at the RACV Torquay Resort on a table adjacent to none other than Mick Malthouse. Bumped into him at the pancake maker. Had a quick word, friendly experience. <laughs> pancake maker. This one from Lee Molden. When he spoke at my local footy club in 2012, he said, I'd never coach again. <laughs> he also said this, which made the hairs on the back of Lee's neck stand up. Yeah. When you can crawl, you can walk. When you can walk, you can run. And when you can run, you fucking keep running and don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> that crystallizes something about me, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says a lot, right? And maybe that was maybe that was entwined in his um, in his in his speech. This one from Morgan from Australia is an interesting one. When he sticky taped back together the 4.5 working parts of Ben Reed and sat him on Tom Hawkins for two hours too long in the 2011 <laughs> Grand Final, <laughs> memories love heart. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, friend Chris of Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Put Chris Tarrant on him. What the fuck? I mean, that was the big gaff of Malthouse's career. It must be yeah. said. I don't know well, what happened that, that day. That, 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 and dropping Leon. Yeah. Um, Mick, no, not, not Mick Malthouse. Mick, sometime MJM1 said, this is a quote from Malthouse. What do you mean they didn't come to play? Do you think they sat in their cars and didn't go out there? Classic MJM. The post-game press conference for Mick's entire decade in charge was just a, set, a continual session of poke the bear. <laughs> 
at Oz Oracle, Mark said it has to be the armor and Lecuria after the 2002 grand final loss. Yeah, we love mm-hmm. that. I think it's probably a, probably a photo of that on Mick's desk. Mm-hmm. Um, another one from Killer Five. Every press conference involving Mark Ste- Stevens absolutely had it, had it, had it, had it in for Mark. Uh, Dulls underscore eighty three said going ballistic at the tip rat. Um, yeah. And someone actually posted a photo of that, which was which was nice to see. We'll never forget that. Was it the? Did he do the slit? No, Sheedy was the slit throat. I think Molehouse. Was he just, just the, waltzed on it. He just waltzed on. Quarter time and said, "You fuck." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did he get fined for that? And then we was asked that the um, era where you get fined for that, or was that just like, uh, well, where there's smoke? Well, he had to offer a half-assed apology for memory. At underscore Karen Bush said Volvo. With a laughing emoji, which was obviously a reference to the the smoky yeah. automobile sponsorship reveal. The Volvo uh, I thought was a Lexus for the last ten years. Well, so so did yeah. so did many so did many. Um, this is a nice one from Dana underscore thirty six. Best Mick Malthouse memory is the way he handled Swan Dane. Mm. He could have sacked him, but no, he gave him one more chance, and along came a premiership and a brown low, Not to mention the Rat Pack. And Lucky likewise, yeah, likewise the way he handled Taz Ben Johnson. Mm. Heath Shaw, mm. Didac. That's the thing. He had this pragmatic mentality, yeah. which meant that if you're a good player, you get a little bit more rope. Absolutely. Uh, at Stevie Magpie 23 said, when Swanee racked up 50 possessions and Mick, Multh- Mick Malthouse said it was an ordinary game by him. <laughs> <laughs> ordinary as in, as in he does it every week. And the last one is uh, at 10-10-5-5-5-5-5-5 when we smashed Carlton by 75 in 2015 and they sacked him the next day. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Yeah. Harsh. Um, harsh. <laughs> harsh, but part of the legacy, isn't it? Okay. Well, there's some lovely memories of Mick Malthouse. Thanks, everyone, who uh, got on board with our hard-ass. There'll be another hard-ass next week, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Alex, I believe you've got to finish, to close out this episode of Pie Hard, you've got a new segment, potentially. This is a new segment demo brought to you by iSports Colac, 1300 Iman. That's 1300 393 626. Home, of course, of the pro sports sports goggle as made famous by Collingwood American freak prodigy Mason Cox. Order yours today on 1300 Iman. Now with an exclusive offer, an offer only for PyHard listeners. Enter code COXHARD at checkout for a 5% discount. From the $169.95 recommended retail price. Hurry, while stocks last, that's one three hundred Iman. And the segment demo is called Eyecatcher. Mm-hmm. Nice. We're five rounds in. We're approaching round six. Mm. Which Collingwood player would you suggest uh, using your own uh, iSports um, Pro? Mm. What are they called? Pro goggles. Pro, pro goggles. goggles. Putting, mm. your, put, putting on your own pro goggles. Which Collingwood player has been an eyecatcher for you? Across the first five rounds. Oh, uh, whew, not prepared for this one, but I think, look, there's two. Oh, there's actually three that spring to mind. Okay, hit me. The first one is Nick Dacos. Yeah. The most obvious choice. Yep. The second is Nathan Kruger mm-hmm. for his... Uh, I didn't know anything Ooh. about this guy. He's quickly been elevated to cult status. Largely 
because of his double fist pump celebrations, <laughs> over the top double double fist pump celebrations, and also just his attack on the football. Oh, like ka- kamikaze attack oh. on the football, which I think is psychopathic. It's already cost him two of those five games. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a human battering ram and battering ram, but just know. with no. No fear. Surprisingly, he throws himself kind of headlong at the football whenever it comes mm. with, within any kind of radius of him. And these surprisingly fast twitch recovery off the deck, like he, he'll be on all fours, like splayed on the ground. Then he has this kind of like ability to bounce back up in order to throw himself headlong human, human battering ram at the next contest. He's quickly become a fan favorite and he's, he's one of mine as well. Who was your yeah. third? The third was actually off field, but yep. I've been watching the medical updates. You know how the club every week releases a video with just a status on injuries and how everyone's going in terms of recovery. The the new, what is he? The head trainer or the head? What's his role? The barista, high performance manager, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, the high performance manager. Name escapes me, but I've just something about that guy. <laughs> Like, he's really, it's really captivating to watch. One, he doesn't yeah. look like a high-performance guy. He looks like, he does look like a neighborhood barista, you know, coming off a really big night. Mm. Um, but the way he actually talks about and delivers those medical updates, yeah, it's just really engaging and really, I don't know, there's just something really captivating about that guy. So, that's yeah. that's kind of- I don't normally watch those things, but, like, he's got me hooked. I've been he's watching- like, His name's Jared Wade. I've been watching mm. too. Uh, they seem to give him rope to just extrapolate and and go with the flow in terms of his descriptions of, mm. of the, the injury. He Tendons could just, and- He could just list it. It ends up being yeah. almost like a PhD dissertation. Absolutely. He, goes, he, he kind of sets up context for each one. He has a beginning, middle, of end for each injury, a projection going forward, what's wrong. He's giving us way more information than we're used to in regard to yeah. injury. And it's it's been surprisingly captivating. So good on He's you, He's educating Jared. us. He's educating us on a, on a mild to severe hamstring tendon strain, which, to be honest, who doesn't want to know about the ins and outs of a of a groin pull or, or you know, a severe sort of Love hamstring-related injury. So, Love it. all for that. I think I think we want to see more at this point. We want to see him, you know, front and centre more often. Perhaps not. I mean, if he's if we're seeing him more, we probably... If it, <laughs> yeah, if that's the, a good point. If yeah. the PhD thesis gets any lengthier, then we're probably, yeah. gonna, you know, mm-hmm. not, not yeah. a good situation in our hands. Less, less of the barista. How did I go with my eye catchers? Was that okay? Well, I, uh, I mean, I thought you did brilliantly. I mean, I, no, thank I, you. I had Kruger on my list as well. And finally, Damo with eye catcher. Uh, we're going to look forward to Anzac Day. It's a massive day on the calendar. Um, you know, I think when we're... A, a, a team which is building towards future success. I think that these days just get bigger and bigger because you're not so much expecting a preliminary final this year, although that'd be nice. So these kind of like mini home and away finals, like today, Queen's birthday, they take on additional meeting. Um, very exciting. And my question for you, Damien, is uh, who would you expect this Anzac Day coming on Monday? To be your eye catcher for 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 the day. Well, it's for me. It's going to be who is most inspired by the uh, the Mick Malthouse mm-hmm. sermon. And so I'm actually going to say we're going to see a best on ground performance by the Shep Boy Steel Side Bottom. 
Oh, that's interesting. I'm going the other yeah. way and I'm going to say most of the players weren't born when Malthouse was coaching Collingwood. So mm. the pep talk just goes straight over their head. Some other, mm. uh, just another grey hair being brought in by McRae, totally mm. irrelevant to their TikTok lifestyle. Mm. So I reckon young Jack Ginovan, he mm. just lusts after that fame mm. and fortune. Big occasion. He yeah. wants to be the eye catcher. He's got the Boris Johnson uh, blonde flop energy. Mm, mm. And you can just see him on a big stage, the biggest stage he would have played on, yeah. kicking a check side on the run from near the boundary and yep. just igniting the outer where we'll be standing in the standing room. Mm, well, the stage is set, isn't it? It's, it's, it's ripe for one of these young Collingwood kids to kind of make a statement on, on, the, on the world stage, on the biggest stage, mm-hmm. or the second biggest stage of the year according to Derm. And, yeah, we'll be there, standing room only. And, yeah, can't wait for it, to be honest. this is It feels to me, I've been excited this year, but it feels to me like this is the, this is the first game where it's like, you know, back at the MCG, full house, Essendon and Collingwood, sort of about, you know, both not travelling sort yeah. of as well. It's a, it adds spice. <laughs> it's, like just, both. it's just, yeah, it's perfect. You know they're going you know to play well, right? You know they're going to kick a shit ton There's of a lot to lose. There's mm. a lot to lose for both yeah. clubs. There's, there's yeah. added incentive on the line. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, almost, it's almost season done, <laughs> this one. So, <laughs> we are very excited and we can't wait. We'll also, you know, we'll, we'll also dive into the, to the match next week alongside our, our very special guest. So, yeah, not to hype it up, but I, we can't believe we've got an audience with this guy. You'll love him. We're going to give him the send-off he deserves on Pie Hard. And we'll be back uh, next week. Enjoy the game, Alex. I'll catch you for a beer. This is Pie Hard. You jump on that horse and you fire from the hip and you just take those turks right out. Don't disgrace yourself. They're coming at you.